So welcome to the Alexandra Wenman Show and I'm delighted today to present you with the host of the show, Alexandra Wenman, who's going to be talking to us about her journey and sharing with you some of the incredible uh, teachings and, and healings that, uh, that, that she's here to, to share with you. So Alexandra, would you like to just tell the, the audience a little bit about you, your journey and how this incredible journey started? Thank you, Lorraine. <laughs> Thank you for introducing me to the Alexandra Wenman Show, which uh, we're kicking off today. Uh, the reason I, I wanted to put this show together is because uh, I've, uh, I have a huge interest in all things holistic, all things consciousness, and all things spirituality. And I've had this ever since I was a young child. Uh, I kind of, uh, I suppose, my experiences in this world started at a very, very young age. Uh, I, uh, I was aware as a child of, I think, what I now know was my, my budding clairvoyance. Um, I would have, as I fell asleep at night when I was very, very small, pictures that would play out across the back of my eyelids and I would see faces and things appearing to me and I didn't know what they were I, I never kind of had a label for it and I just assumed as a child that this was how everybody was you know themselves I thought it was really normal um, and there were times at night when I would get scared and go and get into bed with my mum and dad and then find that they were still playing out in the dark on the ceiling I could see things going on and uh, as I grew up I was very creative I was very intuitive uh, I always loved writing poetry from a really young age and I didn't know where that poetry came from. I, I would always feel that when I was really in the moment with my writing that it sort of almost felt like it came from somewhere outside of me. And uh, this is a, a gift I now know is a, a bit of a gift for channeling, uh, channeling information uh, and, and, and uh, another gift that we call clear cognizance, which is just clear knowing when, when information just drops straight into um, your conscious awareness without you even knowing where it's come from but you just know that it's right um, but when I when I was a child I was often kind of told at school that I just had a really vivid imagination I used to tell my mother that my name wasn't Alex <laughs> that my name was actually Rose and she had to call me Rose um, so you know she'd be like Alexandra that's not my name my name is Rose and I didn't know where it came from until a couple of years ago when I was on a retreat in Ibiza and discovered that my guardian angel's name is, is actually Rose. Okay. So I think Rose was around me from a very young age. So that was the very, the very, uh, the very early beginnings of me kind of being aware of this, yeah. this other world. And so your family that you were born into, that you, that you chose for this lifetime, so were they open to spiritual principles and spiritual ideas? Yes, to a point. My mother, my mother is also very clairvoyant, and, okay. and she works. She does healing work, but she was very connected to the Catholic Church. So, okay. I was raised in, in it was quite a strict Catholic family. My mother had come from farming stock from a small town in country New South Wales, Australia, called Casino, and her father was a jockey, but he was also a man of faith, and so they were very strict Catholic upbringing. You know, the, the first Holy Communion, all of that stuff. But um, as I kind of grew, I, had, I remember having a, a, a feeling in about year two at school, so I probably would have been about six, when they were teaching me about the life of Christ, I had a really strong feeling that I'd been there, okay. that I knew what they were talking about. But the information that they were kind of feeding me didn't feel like the right information. And, and I, I often felt 
that's wrong. I didn't know what was right though, so I couldn't kind of refute, but I, I just knew that that's not how it happened. Um, and this kind of carried on all through. And then I started to question more things through school and things like that. And when I was in a high school, oh, was it high school? Yeah. When I was kind of in about, I suppose, around 16, 17, I became really interested in magic. Okay. And I had another friend who was opening up to her psychic abilities at the time, and she pointed me towards a, a book by a woman called Starhawk, and it was called The Spiral Dance, this amazing book. And I carried it around in my backpack, and I would try out little spells and things like that, when I was, probably when I was about 15, 16 at that point. And, um, yeah, I suppose, and then I went off to university and my parents were all about, you know, I, I, I wanted to go and be a poet. <laughs> all I wanted to do was write poetry and, and, and be creative for the rest of my life and, you know, be off in my little world with the fairies um, using my imagination. And um, I, was, I was actually uh, almost selected, well, I, w I would have been selected to, to, to get a place at a university to, to study poetry but my mother was like, no, you're going to get a proper job. My parents were like, get a proper job. You've got to go. And so I went to university in Sydney and uh, studied media and then ended up working as a journalist just, just so that I could write. So all of that was kind of, all my creativity was sort of squeezed into this box of if you're a writer, therefore you must be a journalist. That's the only place that you can really fit. Mm. So And so in those early days when you were working as a journalist, uh, were you able to incorporate the spiritual work into that? I mean, talk, to, talk to us a little bit about that, that journey in the media world. So I'm trying to recall how it all started. I spent a good number of years in my 20s just, you know, working, you know, doing the career thing. I'd forgotten all about, you know, I stopped writing poetry. I'd okay. stopped kind of doing the, the spirit, the not spiritual thing, but the creative, intuitive kind of thing. And gradually, slowly but surely, all the creativity kind of got sapped out of me. Um, when I was 21, I moved from Australia to the UK and um, I was in a relationship. It was kind of the wrong relationship for me, but, um, you know, bless him, he got me here, <laughs> um, which I think was a big part of my journey. But I started to, I started to question everything. I, what happened with me was that I would go through these periods of very deep, almost depression, like periods of despair, where I, I, I felt like I was meant to be doing something, but I didn't quite know what it was. And I, I, it was like this deep inner desire to follow my heart, but I didn't know where my heart was leading me. And um, it wasn't until I, uh, I got to, I'd been in the UK for a couple of years and um, I'd gone home with that then boyfriend and uh, ended up having a big fight with my mother. I felt really like he didn't really want to spend time with my family. My family really wanted to, you know, spend time with me. So I was really caught in the middle and had a big fight with my mum. And then I went to apologize to her the next day. And she just said to me, like, you know, I, I sort of ended up coming clean about what a hard time I was having and that I was not feeling, you know, I was feeling very depressed and life wasn't going my way, but I couldn't figure out what was wrong. And she just looked at me and she said, well, have you asked your angels for help? And I remember just going, you know, every other time she'd said this in my adulthood, I'd be like, this woman's a nutcase, you know, what's she talking about? What are these angels? Mum, you're on about these angels again. But something that day kind of clicked. I think I'd sort of hit rock bottom and, and I needed some help. And so I ended up, I think she gave it to me. I can't remember how I came across this book. Either my mother gave it to me or I, or, or I found it somewhere. Um, but it had been my mother's book. 
and it was uh, a book on angels and I remember opening uh, to this exercise which was if you want to know angels are around you all you have to do is ask and ask for a sign so from that day on I started to say okay if you're there if there's any if there's any angels around me please let me know I, I really need some help here I need some guidance and it's like this whole world just opened up and I started to see the word angel written everywhere. Like people would walk past me, it would be written on their t-shirt. I would have, you know, supermarket announcement, would angel come to the checkout? I'd overhear people on the bus and, you know, someone would say, oh, angel, would you do this? Or open a book and there it would be. And, and, I, and I just started to be guided. And then as I sort of followed that, the, the angels or the, the path of the angels, I got led to meditation circles, I was given a scholarship to do a, uh, a healing course and it was at this healing course that uh, this was probably around 2007, I think, 2007, 2008, I had an extraordinary experience with an archangel uh, that I now know is Archangel Metatron. Okay. But we paired up in this exercise to do angel readings for each other. And, uh, and I got really excited because by now angels were kind of my bag and I was okay. learning a little bit, I was reading a few books, but uh, I didn't know too much. I knew about the archangels because of, you know, being raised a Catholic. But during this particular exercise, I closed my eyes to do a reading for this girl that was sat opposite me. And as soon as I closed my eyes to ask what angel was with me, the whole world as I knew it sort of dropped away or it didn't drop away, it sort of opened out. and. I became bigger than the universe, but it was like I could see, it was all very holographic and multidimensional. I could see this angel, but at the same time I was this angel. So I became this huge gold being. And what was extraordinary about it was that I seemed to all be all made up of geometric shapes. It was almost like, uh, and, and I was laughing because I'd seen the Transformers movie a couple of weeks before and I was thinking this looks like a big robot this looks like a big Transformer angel and and so I decided to ask you know who is this what is this because I was it didn't fit with like traditional um, you know versions of Michael or Gabriel or Raphael mm -hmm. you know the Catholic kind of angels and so I, I, I kind of I asked you know who is who is this what is this and this voice just came out of the heavens, like the vo almost like the voice of God. And I heard this huge booming voice say, I am Metatron. <laughs> and at the time I was laughing my head off because I was like, this is a Transformer angel. It sounds like Megatron. Like, what is going on here? I had no idea what was going on. But the only way to describe it was that the, the feeling was this palpable rush of the most exquisite love I've ever felt you know it, it went beyond human love it went beyond human emotion and it was like I I was the angel at the same time so my feet were on earth but I was somewhere up and out in the cosmos with planets orbiting around my head and 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 it was the light was golden and sparkling and just limitless and uh that that experience really changed my life. Mm -hmm. I, I knew that I knew that I had a calling then to work with angels, and at, okay. the, at the same time I had that experience. As soon as I came out of it, uh, one of the women assisting on the course came running up to me and 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 said, "Oh, I saw that whole thing. You need to work with angels. You're going to write about them. You're going to teach about them. They they want to work with you. You you you. This is part of your calling." 
And from that day on, I, I did work with angels. I went on and uh, I started to train. I trained in angelic Reiki. I trained in all sorts of different healing modalities. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, that's kind of how it, it began. And I knew that whatever I did, this was then going to be my calling. And uh, I suppose the next step after that was uh, I was working as, at a fashion magazine at the time, like a celebrity fashion magazine. So I was going to ask how yeah. that fitted in yeah. with the celebrity world and, and celebrity journalism. I'm not entirely sure there are too many angels that are floating around in that it, world. It didn't really fit. Well, I had in disguise, to, maybe. Yeah, yeah, totally in disguise. I, I had to go... I had to kind of find my way because I knew that my calling involved these angels. Uh -huh. I just knew. And I'd had more visitations since then right. of that like of that huge there were huge experiences. It mm. was totally embodied. It was it was it was not just a little oh this is just a little image in my imagination. It was a tangible physical experience and it was so real more real than you and I sitting here. And so, but amazing things started happening to me in my life. I was propelled forward through my career just by asking for help. And I'd always wanted to write, but somehow I ended up working as a sub-editor in magazines and I wasn't able to write. I was never given the opportunity to write. Okay. And suddenly, you know, a new editor came along and, and saw my performance review and was like, you need to be writing. You know, why aren't you writing? And so I was t sent on this you know, first class uh, press trip to Japan to write a double page spread all of a sudden and I knew these angels were helping me in right. this. And before I knew it, I was made celebrity party reporter. So I was I was out interviewing all the celebrities at parties and suddenly I was the food editor so I had my own page to edit and keep the budget for and I was running all these different kind of parts of the magazine and I knew how everything worked. I was learning all the ins and outs of the magazine and. I, I remember one day kind of going, right, all right, angels, why am I doing all of these jobs? Like, why do I need to know how to handle a budget? Why do I need to know how to edit and, 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 and write, edit, and put together a whole entire portion of this magazine? And I, I was working all these hours too. I was doing about five or six different jobs, working my, my it was like ax to the grindstone. There was no time for a personal life at this stage. And so I ended up being squeezed into this life where I was so stressed, I was so wrung out, and I felt further and further from my calling than I could have got. It was like, I'm supposed to be doing this spiritual work, but there's no time for it. And, I, and I'm really being pushed down this path of, you know, celebrity gossip, which isn't, which isn't me, because I don't like gossiping about people. I'm all about love. So I was like, this is taking me further from my truth. And then one day I had a wake-up call. I had to get into the office at about... 7am or something to write up all my copy before I'd have to do my day job still as a sub-editor and I, uh, I remember getting to my desk and sitting there and putting my head in my hands and just putting out this call and just saying I can't do this anymore get me out of this just get me out of here and I remember saying I need to be working because I still knew that I'd learnt all these skills for a reason and I said, I need to be working for a magazine or a publication mm -hmm. that is on the right page. I need a spiritual magazine. This is what I need. Universe, are you listening? Angels, help me. And about two weeks later, I, I actually slept in this day, I remember, because I was like, oh, screw it. I'm just having a lie-in. And I got to work late. And so that my boss wouldn't see me, I took a different path to my desk. And on the way to my desk, kind of sneaking in the back way into the building, I just just felt this urge to stop and for no reason whatsoever I stopped in my tracks 
and something said, look to your left. And I looked and at the wall, on the wall was this notice board and it said job of the week. And what was advertised was deputy editor of this spiritual magazine. And I knew with every fibre in my being that that was my next step. And it ended up being an incredible training ground. And uh, I actually wrote a column on the angels for this magazine. And that was kind of uh, where my, my, my journalism converged with my spirituality. Right, being right. Editor. After six months of being there, I was suddenly editor when we got sold. And I'd never been an editor of an entire magazine before. But I suddenly found that this is where all my skills came right. into play. Like, this is why I've had to do all these different jobs. And so suddenly I was editor of this magazine. And uh, it, was, it was an amazing, amazing, amazing experience. And what, what, I think what we did with it was we, we really brought it back to life. We breathed some life into it. Um, but, you know, as these things happen, there was a, obviously something else in store for me. And uh, during the time that I've been at, uh, I was Now Magazine and then Prediction Magazine, during that, that, those times, I was training in all these different healing modalities and I was following my path and I was developing myself and having regular healing and kind of doing clearings and expanding my consciousness, I suppose, and learning about all this stuff. And I had a, you know, these were all kind of, kind of moments where I was pushed into something else Mm -hmm. by the universe. Like, you're not going to do that anymore. Here's what you're going to do next. And here's what you're going to do next. And then I suppose when, um, when I, I kind of, I clung to prediction like a bit of a life raft. I wasn't, I didn't want to let it go. Yeah. I, I was, I loved it and I was so passionate about it. And I had this vision of making it really huge. And, but one day it just, we just didn't have, we just didn't have the, the funds and we didn't have the readership and it just collapsed. It just stopped, it just stopped printing. And that I think was the universe going, <laughs> enough of that. Yeah. Now you're going to be doing this. And it was a real challenge. It was a real challenge because I felt like I'd lost my spaceship. I felt like I'd lost my my vehicle and I was flailing around in the world not knowing what I was supposed to do. And that was a very hard time because I had to go back to freelance journalism, right. go back into an office, go back into where I was really not comfortable and, and, and just to make a living. And when I finally kind of changed my... I changed my outlook because I, I mm. kind of felt like what am I doing back here? I've done all this work. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. Why am I here? And I was seeing clients on the side and building up my healing business, but to make ends meet, I really had to go and do this work. And I was fighting against it every day going, I don't want to be here. And then I went to see, um, I think it was Marianne Williamson thing on, you know, doing the work you came here to do. And it changed my outlook. Okay. And instead of going in and fighting against being there, I, I, I went... I kind of came to this realization, oh my God, I'm a light worker. What am I doing? I don't have to be doing it as a living to do it. Okay. I'm just here to spread love. And so every day I would go into the office and I would just beam love at everyone. And I thought, well, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to bloody make use of myself and I'm going to be here and be in the light and I'm going to help people and uplift people and do what I came here to do. And amazing things started to happen. People would ask me for readings in their lunch break. And then suddenly magazines that I'd worked on started approaching me to be in the magazine. So I would be, you know, therapist of the week for Women's Weekly and I would have articles about me in Chat It's Fate. And then after about a, a year or a year and a half of being back freelancing, my, just through word of mouth, I'd built up my healing business to a point where I could just step out. And I made the decision... 
at the beginning of 2016 to go full-time into my healing work and I I, I don't really send out e-newsletters I don't really I don't really advertise I have a website but you know this is kind of my my first foray into really putting myself out there again because I I sort of after prediction I went to ground and I I sort of hid for a long time Um, it was a difficult situation because even though I'd been pushed and it felt like the universe wanted to take me to another level at the same time I was really badly cyberbullied and I think a lot of the readers and a lot of the uh, contributors actually believe that I was at fault for the collapse of that magazine and um, it, it really didn't have anything to do with me I wasn't privy to the financial information I wasn't the publisher and I wasn't the owner I was only in charge of what content we put in there yeah. and it was a really difficult task because we had a hundred page magazine and three people running the whole thing right. and this included the website and the upkeep of everything and we did you know we were doing our own post we were trying to reply to email I mean I had the emails every day it was overwhelming and but what it kind of taught me was that I suppose it, it highlighted all the fears I had about stepping out and doing the work I came here to do and it also taught me that it didn't matter how mean anyone else was to me no one could have been as mean to me as I was to myself and that was a real wake-up call yeah, absolutely and this is this is now something that I teach people this is now something I help people to overcome is overcome their fears of you know first of all following their heart mm-hmm. and also I teach about self-love and the importance of self-love first and I've overcome all those obstacles and um, this is now me doing my thing Obviously, we've done a lot of work together over the years, and so I think it's really important for you to share the extraordinary work that, that you have developed over the years, because with the, the, all of the, the work that you've pulled together and all of these different layers and, and levels, you've been bringing in this new system that, that uh, I think is very, very important right now. And, and very necessary right now. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about how that started to come through and how you're using it with people? Yes, definitely. Uh, so the system is called Precious Wisdom and it started to transpire. So over, over the years of working as a healer and teaching workshops in healing and you know calling on all my different gifts, I realised that actually I wasn't using any of the, the therapies that, that I was taught in the way that they were taught to me. Um, I, w- I actually had very much my own way of working and um, I started to realize that I, 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 I did have channeling abilities, especially in my communication with the angels. Yeah. I also work with uh, celestial guides or galactic uh, spirit guides um, and, and spirit guides in the, in the spirit realm, in the astral plane as well. Uh, but the angels have always been my kind of entry point. Mm-hmm. And I was very comfortable with angels. I was yes. comfortable with teaching about angels. I was comfortable working with angels. And it was all my, my thing was angels. It was my, it was my bag. Yes, but I think as we know, <laughs> when you're on the spiritual path, the comfort zone doesn't always last for very long, doesn't does it? You've got to get pushed out of that comfort zone into <laughs> yeah. the next level. So what happened next? So at around the beginning of 2012, I think it must have been around February 2012, during meditation, uh-huh. I started to receive really strong messages 
uh, and I was used to receiving messages, but the, 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 the guidance tended to be a bit more subtle than these messages. <laughs> and uh, I, I do a lot of my meditating in a salt bath. Uh-huh. So I, I was like, I was, you know, bath time. And um, I, I had an experience. I was having an experience, uh, you know, my signs in the universe where I kept seeing a, uh, a, this capital A everywhere. And it, something about it felt kind of Egyptian. So I rang up a very psychic friend of mine and I asked her advice. And she said, oh, I'm hearing Amun-Ra. And she sort of said, next time you get in your salt bath, why don't you try chanting Amun-Ra and see what happens? And I was just like, this is just Looney Tune stuff. This is crazy, but you know what? I'm willing to try anything because, you know, the stuff that's happened to me, I mean, I always say I'm a normal girl, but I have really extraordinary experiences. And you know what? Doesn't matter if you can't make sense of it. That's actually the whole point. So, I mean, you know, bath time. So I'm sitting in my bath, just laughing, just kind of going, all right, let's see what happens. Amun-Ra, three times. And then I'm sitting there chuckling to myself going, yeah, right. Okay, moving on to the next thing, where's the bubble bath? And the whole room turned gold. And this was eyes open. I was transported to another place in space and time. And the only way to describe it was I was in a temple in Egypt. Okay. And I was in, I was also in a, what looked like a bath, what looked like a very big kind of uh, tub. And it felt like I was in milk. I could smell the smell of milk. The, the light in the room was so golden. And then I had this vision of the Great Pyramid with the sun rising to the top of the Great Pyramid and uh, a picture of the goddess Isis at the top of the, the pyramid spreading her wings. And I knew it had something to do with this end of the Mayan calendar. I'd heard a lot about it. I knew they, the feeling was that this was a zenith, some sort of zenith point, some sort of point. And I knew that it was important. But it felt completely different to any vision or guidance I'd had before. But it felt, it felt like a memory almost. It felt like a prophecy and a memory at the same time. And the next thing I knew was these six golden beings beautiful golden beings floated down around me as I sat in the tub. And my first instinct was, oh, angels! <laughs> and I went, oh, angels! Oh, you're not angels! And, uh, but the energy, again, was such pure love, but it didn't feel like it was of this world. It was not from this planet, or I'm sure not even of this universe, I don't know. It, was, it felt so alien to me but in a really beautiful way. It was like the love coming from these really, they were really feminine beings. I couldn't see their faces. This was something that I really remember. There was no face. It was, they were shrouded in what looked like golden, like almost like a Greek statue, but fluid and flowing, uh, like a golden uh, drapery. And it just felt very galactic. How to describe that, I don't know. And so I did my thing of asking who they were. And I said, right, well, if you're not angels, who are you? And I heard very clearly, we are the Hathors. And they started to give me information. I was given, the, that first night I was given a symbol. Okay. And uh, I was told that I would be using these symbols um, and that I had, to, I had to journal these symbols. I had to collect these symbols. And I, I remember getting out of the bath and running to the living room to my husband and going, what are Hathors? What's Hathors? And he was like, I don't know, it's Egyptian or something, isn't it? And uh, I, I went online and I googled the Hathors and all the Egyptian goddess stuff came up, definitely. But I, f- I happened upon Tom Kenyon 
and he was the only person I could find that was talking about the Hathors as these beings from a neighbouring universe or that, that hadn't actually, they were galactic they were def- and I knew that I'd found that that was what I was looking for anyway, over the course of the next sort of, I suppose six to eight months, I would receive messages every time I was in meditation whether in the bath or not, it was a series of different Egyptian gods and goddesses appearing to me as their as their god god or goddess selves, so there was you know um, there was Thoth, there were the Hathors many times, there was Osiris, there was Isis, all all different ones Sekhmet, um, and each time they would come through, I was aware that there was a group of them, mm-hmm. but one would step forward usually, a different one would step forward and bring me a symbol or bring me information. Sometimes it would happen in my dream state. I was given the lightning bolt as one of them, uh, which I now know is the Raku symbol in Reiki, which is uh, part of how I knew it was part of an attunement. And as they came through more and more and I got more comfortable with it, they started to not necessarily show themselves, but reveal themselves as part of a... Actually, they were galactic beings. They were not of this earth. And our traditional idea of them as being gods was not they weren't gods. They were beings from other planets who'd come here or other realms who'd come here. And uh, they formed a part of a collective group. And I couldn't... I knew that this group was all about love. I knew it was a a very high vibration, very good, very loving, very light-filled group of beings. And they referred to themselves as the Higher Galactic Council of Light. And whenever I asked how many there were... All they would give me was the infinity symbol, okay. which is also a part of the attunement that I was right. given. Right. That's how it began. <laughs> so the symbols came in, and then what, what started to happen? Because I know you started to work with the symbols, didn't you? Yes, I did, yeah. So I had to, uh, they also started to talk to me about the fact that maybe I'd had lifetimes in other planets, and they gave me a name, and they told me where I was from, and you know, all this information started coming through. And, and I was told that I had a, a very important... Uh, job because I was going to be I was given these symbols and I had to take these symbols to Egypt and I would be taking these symbols to Egypt at the end of 2012 okay. and I had no plans to go to Egypt so I was just <laughs> like whatever I don't even know if I can afford I couldn't really afford to go to Egypt I was like I can't afford to go anywhere I don't know if this is going to be happening but anyway I, uh, I ended up on a workshop in Glastonbury and I stayed in a, a beautiful place in Glastonbury and I ended up having the entire B&B to myself, this whole house to myself during the workshop. The workshop was being held somewhere else. And uh, I was meditating on about day three of this workshop. And uh, I, I, uh, I remember doing a, a really beautiful meditation before I went to sleep and uh, meeting a guide <laughs> who I later met in human form. <laughs> and uh, the next morning at about six o'clock in the morning, it was this was October 2012 I was awoken to again the room filling with golden light and I was in a I was not it wasn't in that post sleep waking up state I was in a a bit of a like a trance and I knew exactly what I was doing and I don't know how I knew what I was doing but I was given an attunement with the symbols they were all put together and I was given mudra and different hand positions so the first symbol would come in and I was given a a specific mudra to work with and I felt all this gold energy come down through my head to my heart and then down through my arms and my hands 
and then I felt the energy move with the second symbol it moved to a different spot and the third symbol a different spot and then it was all brought together in this one and the energy was just exquisite absolutely exquisite and it felt so expanded and profound yet so grounding at the same time it was just pure love and it was like nothing it wasn't like any reiki or angelic reiki or any other healing system i'd ever felt and i knew that this was something new and something very precious and i didn't know what i was going to do with it though okay but i just kept being told take the symbols to egypt take the symbols to egypt and around the same time uh, a friend of ours named stuart pierce suddenly revealed that he was running a retreat to Egypt and would I like to be part of the retreat. And uh, because I couldn't really afford to go to Egypt, but I happened to work for a magazine, our lovely Stuart gave me a press discount. So I was able to go, I was suddenly able, and I paid in instalments and I knew for the next few months that I would be paying towards this trip and I ended up going on this trip where I was shown how to, how to bring the symbols in to awaken the ancient temples and to, to help to realign and the work that Lorraine and I did together out there was this clearing and realigning of all the ancient temples and the, and the Great Pyramid leading up to the pivotal point of the 21st of the 12th, 2012. And at that point, I had this extraordinary experience which you witnessed of a huge portal opening and all of these new angels that I'd never before been aware of. Yeah flooding into the planet or being and that was like how I saw it but what it really meant was that these new these angels were not new at all but we'd reached a level of consciousness to be able to access them and they called themselves the intergalactic Elohim so but but the the actual healing system precious wisdom it's nothing it's not new information it is a reawakening of very very ancient knowledge and wisdom and I don't want to go too much into it, but all I will say is that it is very simple. It is an, a healing system that is just pure, unconditional love. And it is a, it's kind of an alchemy. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to do anything if you become attuned with it. It's a hands-on energy transmission that you, you give to a person or you can give it to a place. You can open the space in a place to its divine blueprint. And it's so simple because all it does is hold that space or that person in the purest, highest, most divine vibration available to them at that time so that anything that is not aligned with that will drop away. So we're not projecting any, you know, I don't never focus on what's wrong with the person or what's going on with them. Like if I, even if I know someone's got a pain in the body, I don't focus on that. I focus on their whole healed, already divinely perfect person and the same with the space. And it's just bringing, it's opening you up to what's already there. It's just that as humans, we've forgotten that we're already divinely perfect. Absolutely. And I've experienced this and it really is quite incredible. And uh, I don't think I've been, I've, I've, saying I've, I've studied a lot of different things and I've worked with a, a lot of different healing systems. And what, what has, has really stayed with me is the impact that this healing has on, on those that are practicing it, those that bring the energy through. And I've, I've worked with lots of different Reikis over the years in different healing systems. And there's such a, an uplifting and joyous, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of celebration of, mm. of who we really are and, and coming back to that space. Mm. And, uh, and it really has evolved uh, just 
yeah, it's just such a beautiful healing system. So do you want to talk just for a minute about some of the impacts that this has had? Because I know that you, you're now working with clients and, and doing this healing system. So do you want to just share? Because obviously we can talk about how it feels, but the impact that it's had on some people's lives that you've worked on. Yeah, so well, starting with mine, it changed my life completely, obviously. Yeah. Um, but what most of my clients seem to have, I've been working with the energy now, obviously, since 2012. And the main thing that people say is, after they've experienced it, they say, I didn't know I was out of alignment, but I somehow feel like I've been brought back into alignment. And it, it, it's very grounding. I've had people have their, their lives change really quickly for the better. Like It's like old stuck things just seem to drop away and they're finding their path and they're, they're finding their, their way forward. And I can't even explain. And uh, since uh, all the symbols are basically based on sacred geometry, so even the symbolism of it is divine perfection. It's mathematically what we are. But I've also now discovered that... Uh, as kind of a, an add-on to what I've been doing with Precious Wisdom, if there are any stuck energies in the body, I'm pulling. I'm just pulling them out. Don't need to know what they are. I'm just while I'm in, while I'm in the process of doing the healing, it's just pull it out. Just pull out what's not needed. Just, and it's like this accelerated. Um, it's not. It, it's like an accelerated clearing from our three D perspective, but it's an accelerated put you back together into your perfection, and. Um, I'm trying to think what else I can say about it. It's just, uh, it's really been brought through for this particular time in our evolution on this planet. Yeah. And so what's next? What's next? Well, obviously I felt the call to put together this video show, this uh, YouTube channel. And the reason for that is we have uh, such an extraordinary time on this planet at the moment. There are There is such a rise of lightworkers and starseeds remembering who they are remembering that they have a calling and that they're here for a bigger purpose and this this to me this youtube channel fits beautifully with precious wisdom because i want to offer a platform i want to bring back all my journalism training and everything and offer a platform for people like me and you and the people that uh, that have these gifts to be able to to put them out into the world but also so that the people who really need help as they're going through this quite painful, intense time on the planet as we evolve into this, this, this new evolution for our species. Really, we're waking up. We're remembering that actually, we're not all doom and gloom. We are love. We are light. We are here to have a, a, an experience. And I do totally believe that the whole point of being on this planet is beauty and pleasure, and to to live heaven on earth. But we've forgotten that, or we've had it for whatever reason we've we've become disconnected from that that heavenly divinity that that we each of us have heaven to me is not somewhere off up there it's here now and it's what we what we make of the world around us and we co-create that and to me god is not something outside of you or separate from you yeah. it is god is the energy of creation which is the energy of pure unconditional love and you know we we, we as humans are kind of almost taught in society to give our power away to wait for someone to come and rescue us to keep ourselves small to to just tolerate you know stuff even though we you know we don't quite buy what the governments and people are saying we're kind of like we this is this is the way it is and just don't worry about it 
No, actually, no. If it if it, if it's not in alignment with who you are, with who we are meant to be, then you know this is all part of our waking up. And and you know, love isn't light and fluffy all the time. Yeah. Love sometimes <laughs> is about standing in your power, saying no to things that don't feel in alignment with who you are or what you need. And you know, equally, love can be so gentle and so compassionate. It's it's twofold. But to me, you know, eventually we're going to come to a point where everyone on this planet is is kind of awake to that and they and if everyone were to realize if i if i tr totally love myself then i have no need to defend against anything else or to prove myself and if everyone felt that way or thought that way then we would truly heal the whole planet because what why would we have a need to fight a war if you don't have a feeling that someone's trying to take what you have and there's not this victim perpetrator thing going on if we could walk the fine line and to me unconditional love is just that it's not good it's not bad it just is it takes away that it transcends that that duality that split that we have going on where he said she said this you know no 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 it's just meh it's cool yeah yeah and and so it is a really important time right now. It does feel like we're at a bit of a tipping point where the, the shadow and the light are both equally fighting for space. And so really important for people to be able to find tools and resources that they can use. And so you're actually teaching precious wisdom now, aren't you? You're actually rolling it out as a yes. practice. So yeah. where can people find out more information about the courses that you're running and, and workshops and retreats that are happening where, where people can come and not only experience it and get the healing, but then learn how to share that with others? So my website is just alexandrawenman.com and uh, I also have precious-wisdom.com and uh, so I'm teaching it. I'm teaching people to become practitioners in precious wisdom. It's it's actually been certified by the the Complementary Medical Association now as a as a, um, a recognised therapy in its own right. So you can come and become a practitioner and get insurance to cover you to practice. So it's now been properly birthed, which <laughs> is amazing. And uh, and Laurie's one of my practitioners as well, which is amazing. And. For me, I think uh, it's been a bit of a it's been a, not not a slow process, but I've been it's been a very considered process, yeah. because for me, what I have here is so much bigger than me, and mm. you know every day I kind of think, why was this incredible gift given to me? What what you know I and, and I almost don't need to know, but I'm very aware of what I have here, and I want I just want to honor it in the best way that I can. But one thing I will say to people is that, you know, I, I can talk about it till the cows come home and there's so much information involved in this system, but the proof is in the pudding is just to experience those energies for yourself and just see how it feels for you. And I, I know that, it, you know, what it's been for me has been a, a profound, a profound awakening, a profound shift. I'm not done. I don't think we're ever done awakening. I don't think, I certainly don't think I'm any kind of perfect being or any kind of guru. The whole point of being human is to acknowledge that, you know, from this human perspective, we're not perfect, but to love ourselves anyway, you know, to love ourselves wholeheartedly with all those foibles and quirks and the bits that you would rather not have people see and I know when I watch this back, I'm going to be cringing at how I look on camera and everything, <laughs> but I'm still going to be compassionate and, and loving to myself regardless and that's what every person it's all about learning love and precious wisdom just supports that process so if you want more information go to alexandrawenman.com and uh, 
there is a newsletter that people can subscribe to? Yes, you can sign up. There's a, there's a free uh, guided meditation for world peace on my website as well. If you sign up to the newsletter, you get the free download mm -hmm. so you can listen to that recording. And uh, yeah, you can get all the information. And Laurie and I will be running some retreats together as well going forward. So thank you. Thanks for watching. Thank you.